Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mada, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. There's nothing new under the sun, the saying goes, and that's absolutely true in business. Revolutionary ideas are often old concepts made new again. It's why the 1990s are making a comeback. A smart entrepreneur might look back in time and realize that we fixed something that wasn't broken. How about the family doctor? Time was you had a personal relationship with your local physician. They knew more about you than the prescriptions on your chart. And today, a trip to the doctor's office can make you feel like meat on a conveyor belt, but a new approach is catching on. And yes, it's an old idea. My guest, Dr. D.D. Luke, is a physician affiliated with MDVIP, a membership-based medical service that gives doctors space to treat the whole patient. Dr. Luke's patients work on a wellness plan that set out goals that emphasize good health. And she's practiced family medicine in Lafayette for over 20 years, but switched to the MDVIP model in uh, around 2016, and it slimmed down her patient list from 3,000 to 600 people. And from her perspective, has given her the chance to practice medicine the way it should. Didi Luke, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Um, wellness for people is one thing. How about wellness for the planet? Recycling is another way to make something new of something old. And my guest, Taylor Lyons Vaughn, is a novel way of doing that. Worms. Her vermicompost facility, the Worm Lady Recycles, puts hundreds of thousands of worms to work. Talk about job creation. Turning your old banana peels, coffee grinds, toilet paper rolls, and other compostables into fertilizer. In the worm business, they call that castings. European red wrigglers make really good soil and apparently a good cup of tea. Taylor's worms recycle anywhere from 200 to 300 pounds of waste each week. And she collects all that refuse from five drop-off locations around Lafayette and from some partner businesses like Spa Maison, PJ's Coffee, and Broussard and Hub City Diner. Taylor is passionate about vermiculture and opens the facility to tours for kids. She'll even sell you your own starter kit of European red wrigglers. Taylor Lyons Vaughn, welcome to Out to Lunch. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. So, Dee Dee, I've heard folks uh, use the term concierge medicine to describe services like that, but but is is what you do different? Is that accurate? Am I? It's different. It's different. Can you explain the difference? So, in concierge medicine, it's more of a retainer type fee. like a lot of people do with lawyers and it's just your fee to be part of a patient of a doctor's practice but in my practice it's more of a wellness program that you're buying into Um, we do a workup once a year to formulate a plan so we do the whole workup we meet we talk for an hour and a half or more and we just basically individualize that wellness plan for that patient you meet with a patient for an hour and a half yes (laughs) (laughs) okay um i don't know that i've ever i feel like in most cases if i sat with a doctor for an hour and a half people would be like what's wrong so so once you kind of establish that plan i mean do you have to set up check-ins to make sure Uh people are following it is you just seeing them that one hour and a half a year Mm -hmm. no they come regularly some people come once a month because they like to weigh in we have a special composition uh scale that they come in and they want to see and compete with themselves Uh, you know are they gaining muscle are they losing fat and so they'll just come in and weigh in and meet with us and just see how they're doing or 
they'll do their their blood work every so often and see how they're if they're making improvements in their sugar and cholesterol and inflammation that kind of thing okay um so you know speaking of sugar i mean so taylor i'm i feel like there's something i'm missing here you know there's a tea involved. Yeah, it's for your plants. It's though. not for people. Not for oh, okay. people. I was wondering. Okay. No, definitely not for people. So no, you would not yeah. put sugar in it because the plants no, don't I care. Do, well, I do actually put um, some molasses in it, and that kind of feeds the microbes that are living in the castings. Um, and then that is it in turn like a vitamin shot for your plants. You know? So the worms do take the tea with sugar so the worms aren't <laughs> drinking the tea sure but the plants the are plants drinking are yes the tea. i'm sorry yeah I'm sorry. You so said that. yeah they that. take yeah. it a little yeah. with yeah a little sugar that is gets to start going gets to start you know really moving and living more population in there so you get a good shot into your soil of all that living stuff mm-hmm. so it's important that we're eating you know healthy food so if we're eating healthy foods from soil that's living the food that you're eating is going to be healthier for you in turn yeah. So it kind of all goes together. That seems like a fairly complicated, you know, um, biome that you're having to learn about. I mean, right. do you have to be a biologist to be a worm lady? You definitely do not have to be a biologist to be a worm lady. Yeah. I guess I don't know every single science behind it, but I am working with people like LSU Ag um, to do like tests on the casting to see what nutrients are in there what microbes in there how much life is contained in there if it's making a difference in the soil after we add it things like that Hmm. so yeah i work with a lot of people to make sure i'm covering all my bases wow so so didi i would think something that you look if you're dealing with wellness right i mean dietary considerations are a big deal i mean i mean is that a place where you're often finding you're having to start with people especially like you talked about you have folks are coming to weigh in i mean i would think Having to take into consideration whether they're getting a whole food is very important. Diet is the most important. It's 95% or more of, of our health. You know, exercise is important. You know, stress is important, but diet is just the mainstay. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so folks are coming in to see you, and I mean, they're paying an annual fee to do that. I mean, did, 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 how does... Can they just come to see you every day? I mean, I guess we're trying to understand, like, I mean, <laughs> what's I the limitation te- here? I guess technically if they wanted to, they could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that much fun to be around them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, Taylor, you, you, you get involved in, in, in doing this. So I understand that you, you, you maybe became aware of, you know, warm composting from, you know, seeing it. Yeah, elsewhere. I've seen it. Um, well, my husband's grandfather had a big worm farm about 30 years ago which I wasn't born you know at that time he was barely living um so we kind of had heard about it through them but then also um the main thing was I ran across you know looking how I'm going to start a business ran across this Indian woman she had 12 children and she started a worm farm in India that's how she was making a living and so I was like well hold on like maybe (laughs) I could do this So then I realized that Lafayette also was lacking a lot of recycling resources, composting resources, um, natural ways to garden, natural ways to fertilize. Um, So then I realized that all those things just come together. And so I put it into action and everyone in Lafayette was just supportive and excited about it. And, you know, it's really been moving. And the more people we get to talk about, too, the more people are like, yeah, you know, we should use natural fertilizers instead of the chemical fertilizer so that it's not going into the ocean, so it's not going into our foods. I mean, it's all just a big chain reaction. 
Where do you acquire hundreds of thousands of worms? I mean, are you starting with like 10 and then they just sort of like cut themselves so, into pieces? I mean, how do you actually <laughs> yeah, get there? That's funny. So I did actually, I bought 30,000 okay. from another worm farm like in Iowa or something. And I killed most of them. And then once I was down to like 10,000, I really got the hang of it. And now I'm just breeding them and they breed constantly. And so they're all actually boys and girls. So they don't have to like run around looking for like a boy and a girl worm, you know, they can all just breed with each other. So they're just constantly, as long as you're given that environment, constantly breeding so that I can hand them out to more people um, who want to compost their own waste at home, use them to compost at our facility. So yeah, they, they breed really fast now. So, you know, you, you went from 30,000 to hundreds of thousands. Didi, you went from 3,000 patients <laughs> to 600, you know, kind of going in different directions here. Um, you know, I, I think a, a lot of people would be sort of surprised to, to hear that, you know, a practice would survive on, you know, a few hundred patients. I think most of us, but on the other hand, I also find it surprising that you were treating 3,000 people before. It's like, oh, this, you know, like I, I didn't realize there were that many people out there. But I mean, I guess talk to me a little bit about the, the economics of something like this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, it's, it sounds like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're paring down your customer base. I mean, is there a, a, a level that you have to stop, right? Like you, you need, you can't do more than a thousand. I mean, oh, how do you I can't do more than 600. That, that's just the ba- That's MDVIP's policy because okay. if you go much above 600, it's hard to give those appointments because you know, part of NBVIP is if they need an appointment, they get one within one or two days. Right. You know, um, they don't wait three weeks when they're sick to see me. Or they do have hour and a half wellnesses and or their base appointments are 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's never a five minute appointment. You know, I mean, maybe if you have the flu and I'm trying to push you out the door, <laughs> you know, but um, so so 600 is the max. And for me, I'm also family practice. So their children are included in their plan, you know, so. 600 may mean more than 600 because of the children. So you have to be careful because I want to be able to give them the time. Their appointments start on time. They're not waiting for an hour and a half in the lobby, those kind of things. And so I can spend that time and know. So 600 is kind of that I can give them the time, but also monetarily function as a practice. Sure. I mean, and, and can any physician become part of MDVIP, or, or do, do you have to go through a special sort of like? No, you have to qualify. They have to do an analysis of your practice to see if it would be feasible or mm-hmm. not. Um, and they, it's this company's 22 years old, and they've been doing it, and their their formula is pretty right on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they do their analysis and you qualify, it's very um, likely that you'll be successful. Yeah. So, so Taylor, you started the worm. It's a business, right? I mean, you're, you're it's you, a business. you came at it as an entrepreneur. You said, right. here's how I can turn nothing yeah. into something. I mean, I, it's into something. Yeah, that yeah. was the idea. So, so how does that work f- for your business model? I mean, you're, you're selling fertilizer, you're selling so worms. I mean, how much do I buy a pack of so, um, like one pound of worm poop would be ten dollars, okay. and then it kind of goes down from like if you buy five pounds, it's not fifty dollars; yeah. it's thirty-two dollars. You know, so then the more you buy, the little bit less it is. And you can also buy the worms, so then you can make your own. Um, and then you can do the classes, the tours, and then I sell plants mm-hmm. as well. So that all kind of gives me the income that I need from just picking up, you know, waste, um, you know, waste products that people are throwing away feed to worms we feed to our other insects we do other compost piles as well so it all just goes together starts out as paper 
ins out his money. Uh, who buys the fertilizer? I mean, like, I, I understand yeah. like, there are lots of garden enthusiasts and stuff, but I mean, There's is it... plenty of people. Uh, you know, so many people have plants, and you can use this fertilizer on any plant. So if you do house plants, you do cactuses, you do succulents, or you do a garden vegetable. Mm-hmm. You know, all those people can use the castings because we use a wide variety of things to feed the worms. So then it has a lots of different things in the end product that can feed different types of plants. Mm -hmm. It's so natural that it won't ever burn your roots. So a lot of other fertilizers, you got to go, how much do I need? You know, and it's like, if I use too much, Mm -hmm. then that's the end, you know, but this it's like, if you use too much, you wasted it, but you're not going to, you know, that's about it. So I kind of want to go back to something you said earlier, which was, you said, was your, your husband's father had a worm farm. Yeah, His grandfather had a worm farm. It was huge. It was bigger than mine even, you know, and it was actually right across the street from where we live right now. So yeah. is it just that like we used to have worm farms and this was a thing and then we no, kind of stopped having like, worm farms? No, it was like so probably have the same amount as now as then, but like he was feeding his worms a little bit different than me. There's lots of different things you can feed worms, so there's lots of different ways. But lots of farms have worms and you just don't really hear about it maybe because people have been used to using all the miracle grows now mm-hmm. and they have so many commercials about use these chemicals, use these things and then when we got into like world war ii and we had to really make more food you know we all got into habit of putting in a lot of chemicals to our farms so you know his business didn't last forever you know um but more people are moving into that way even more than they were in the you know 80s when he was doing it he was making a living but he eventually had to stop you Mm. know but in the end you know a farm if you own a farm it should be sustainable in that way so like work off of everything if you have cows if you have rabbits well you can feed that manure to your worms or you can get a different type of bug to all work off of each other so that you're you know sustainable on that land Hmm. it's kind of the way that farming is going you're listening to out to lunch i'm christian mater i'm talking with taylor lyons vaughn of the warm lady recycles and physician Didi luke Didi, i'm I'm curious who tends to be the kind of patient that you see i mean and by that i mean you know is it you know you mentioned people with kids right i mean is it a certain sort of person that's kind of attracted to this practice i mean it's pretty varied i mean we have i have the young people who want to stay feeling great and young and then i have um older patients that just were so afraid to start over with a new physician but really wanted to keep getting the care that i was providing that so it's everyone from my diabetics who don't listen to my young patients who overly listen um you know it's pretty varied um but the thing is is that because you are buying into this program you tend to be a little bit more motivated not 100 percent, but most of my patients are wait i'm buying into this Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna listen a little bit more i'm gonna follow up a little bit better um and it it just perpetuates that positivity Mm -hmm. because they're they're buying in Right. And, and I mean, I guess I'm assuming that, that this is not something that they're getting covered on their insurance, right? I mean, most people not go... Not here. Not here. There are some places, but not here. So it's a kind of an out-of-pocket mm-hmm. kind of deal. I mean, and if I decided I wanted to join your practice, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there are cases where you're like, sorry, I got 600 people. You'd be 601. I mean, I, like, how, I guess I'm curious how the turnover actually works. Mm-hmm. Well, ple- people move all the time. Yeah, people sure. leave the market. They go somewhere else. And, they tra- and typically they transfer because they like it and they don't want to give it up. So mm-hmm. they just transfer to where they are and then I'm a, I can get new people in or you know people get older and pass away those kind of things so it's I mean I had four new patients in the last week it just 
it's it's kind of perpetual. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, you know, Taylor, I'm I'm curious how you know you're. Is it if I'm trying to buy this fertilizer, are you marketing it outside of? The farm, do I have to come to you to buy it, or, or, or are you out at so the farmer's I have, market? Um, I have a website, wormladyrecycles.com, where you can order online. We ship all around the U.S. Um, and then also I'm at the farmer's markets locally, the Lafayette's farmer's market, Fightingville Fresh farmer's market. Um, and then at Native Sun in Broussard, they uh, also carry my worm castings there. And you can always call and just come pick up if you call ahead and say, hey, I need worm tea. Hey, I need castings. Hey, I need some worms. You, you can come to the farm and pick up as well. Are you shipping much product outside of the state? Like are people like, I'm I starting gotta... to. Yeah. Wow. So okay. I've done some things like Mississippi and then, you know, further around the state, like $10 for shipping is, you know, quicker than driving two hours, mm. you know. So they don't have castings everywhere locally that you're making sure that they're fresh, they're living. You can buy some on Amazon, but it's not going to be the same thing that you're buying. For me, fresh, you know what they were fed, you know it's made from 100% recycled material from Louisiana. So that's what people are looking for, something really living that they can add to their soil, and that's what I'm trying to market. So yeah, I mean, I'm planning if... I could just go viral, then everyone in the United States could just buy it and I could ship it out too. No. But yeah, I think that the market is really big and I'll definitely be shipping, you know, all over. Wow. That's, um, it's really interesting. I mean, is it, I'm also just trying to get a picture of. I wish I would have brought it and I forgot it. I don't know why I didn't, but it basically looks like coffee grounds, um, but it has like no smell. It doesn't stink. It's very clean, earthy smell, um, kind of like a moon sand texture, even mm-hmm. like the end product of the worm poop you know it's very soft it feels really good like I, every time i get i'm like someone do you want to buy it and they're like oh i don't know i'm like well touch it touch it and then they touch and they're like wow yeah you can really just feel how good it is for the soil almost you know it immediately you feel it are you having to spend a lot of time sifting what they eat i mean i was reading about how like you you, you know people can drop off their materials right and i'm thinking about you know, a problem that you see in public recycling, right, is people just throw whatever they want right. inside and then, yeah. you know, and that contaminates the recyclables and they ended up just throwing it in the garbage. So obviously you're not doing that, but does that mean you have to spend a lot of time like somebody throws in, you know, their bag of McDonald's trash so or whatever, you have to sift all that out? At first it was, it was pretty tough, but now people kind of know our rules. We have specific drop-offs like this is only a paper drop-off. You can only bring brown paper to me right here. So no one's bringing food here. And I keep the food out by like, I only get food from grocery stores. So I can manage how much I get, exactly what I'm getting, see what I'm getting so that I know, okay, I can't feed my worms lemons and I can't feed them oranges all at once because it's too acidic, you know, and their skin is like your eyeball. So like they just would, it wouldn't work. So then I have to kind of separate that out. But if I don't have to worry about regular people just putting that into my trash can anymore. So we're really clear about we only take brown paper not white paper. We only take that at specific places, which you can all find on my wor- website, wormladyrecycles.com, um, all of our different drop-offs. And that's kind of how I keep it separate. But yeah, it is sometimes, like one time someone recycled metal with us and then we didn't realize and that broke our machine. So like sometimes things do happen, but um, we've been lucky lately. So mm-hmm. everyone's pretty good at it now. Dee, I guess I'm curious how specific 
that wellness plan will get. Like she's talking about how like if you feed a worm too many oranges, its skin will melt or whatever. <laughs> and and like you know, I'm thinking about like I've recently found out uh, that I'm allergic to everything, right? And so like you would think you have an allergist, you sort of talk to them about it, and they say, well, you know, try not to eat so much wheat, right? Which is, I guess pretty good advice but also not very helpful right? right like you know you're not really like getting a whole lot of stuff that you could chew on to say no pun intended like well here here's how i can make myself feel better so like, when you're sitting down with somebody you have that hour and a half plan and i come to you and i'm like dr luke i'm allergic to everything help me navigate my complicated life i mean what is that wellness plan and actually is it very detailed is it you know here's a list of food groups that you should work from. I mean, it depends on the person. I mean, it's very individualized. So, you know, we have different panels to choose from and um, we have kind of the go-to that most people do, especially in the beginning to kind of get you started because it's everything from the um, advanced cholesterol panel and Mm -hmm. inflammation and um, there's a whole inflammatory panel we do. But, you know, if I have a 26 year old that I just did that panel and it's completely normal, then I'm going to do more, um, maybe hormonal testing, uh, more advanced dietary testing, it's going to be individualized to that person. And once we get their results, that's what that hour and a half appointment is for is, okay, here's where we are. And it's not just don't eat wheat (laughs) or that's like saying only breathe good air, you know? Um, and so you help them with tools to know what they can and can't eat and form and, and that plan is really what they leave with. They leave with a whole folder of, um, their results and, sometimes handouts and I write all over it um, and so they leave with my advice and so they know what to do and sometimes they'll call and we can say wait I have three questions and we'll go over it again and because they've thought about it and they've tried to incorporate things into their diet um, that didn't work or did work or they'll send me a picture I'm at the grocery store is this really good and I'll look at the label and it's crap and I'll show them why it's crap you know and and so then they learn I'm at the grocery store she's telling me not to buy this I should buy this instead Hmm. and so it's that ongoing and then eventually they don't have to send me the pictures anymore because they know what to look for in the label so they have your cell phone number yes and they're sending you pictures (laughs) of I mean, that's a level of connection with a patient that I don't think I've ever really had with a doctor. No offense to the yes. doctors that I see, but I mean, like, that seems like it could get overwhelming, right? Like, where somebody's like, can I eat this grapefruit? It looks a little weird. And then they're like, sending a t- picture of that to you. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's part of it, though. That's part of being able to take care of them. And, and most people are really respectful and they try to do it in office hours. But I mean, if you're at Rouse's at six, you know, yeah. then I'd rather them ask instead of buying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And then they learn, yeah. you know, um, and, and the, le- the more they learn, then the less they have to te- uh, text me when they're at Rouse's, you yeah. know. Um, and, the, and, you know, if somebody's, hey, I have really bad poison ivy and I don't want to have to wait till Monday. Can you help me? I'm going to help them. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point of it. Hmm. Taylor, do you find that you have to counsel people on, I mean, what is it? Are there different compositions of worm poop that you need them to use for their plants? Like if somebody says, yeah. like, look, I want to grow a vegetable garden, yeah, what do the I same, use? Well, they'll ask me, like, what's your opinion? I mean, there's a million ways to grow a vegetable garden, right? Just like there's a million ways that you can feed your body. So they'll say, you know, what's your opinion on how to grow my vegetable garden? How am I going to use this worm poop? And, you know, so I explained that it's a soil builder, a soil, you know, um, plus a fertilizer. So you're getting the nutrients. And I also had the same way as I do the composting classes. So they'll come and I'll teach them how to run their own worm bin 
and then that they'll text me after you know my worms are crawling out of my bin what did i do wrong mm -hmm. um or uh you know i don't see my worms in my bin anymore my bin's too wet what do i do wrong and then i counsel them and i let them know what to do how do you fix this problem and then that way they can make their own fertilizer from their waste and the point is that everyone should be taking their waste that they're having at their home and using it where they're at instead of sending it away for other people to use it's really important that if you have that option that you can do that and our small living trash cans is what I like to call them are a really good option for people to just be able to turn their waste into something they can turn into food for themselves really so what's the upkeep like this? I mean, it almost feels like if you're dealing with worms, they're worms. So it, it's like you, you you wouldn't have to spend a lot of money on yeah, food so or, or something not, like, well, what does that look yeah. like? So you only need everything you need for the worms you're throwing away. So like the leaves that fall out your tree, the toilet paper rolls that you're throwing away, or, um, you know, brown paper bags from Target, brown paper bags from Rouse's, newspapers, and then the food that you would, so like the banana peel that you would throw away in the trash or the tomato skin that you didn't eat. You can put that all into your worm bin and then, yeah, I mean, you have to watch it. You have to go in there once a week, once every two weeks. But even if you would get depressed and then I'm like, if you get depressed and you forget about your worms for a month, they still gonna be there. Like they're eating everything, you know, they eat absolutely everything in there. So it's it's upkeep, but it's not. I mean, I, I, mean, I it allows me to really make my own schedule in my life because the worms are waiting for me and they, they wait. For long enough for me to go do what I need. <laughs> so, I look. I mean, I think it's at the end of the day whether we're talking about worms or people. Uh, we require a lot of upkeep, right? right? <laughs> you have to <laughs> know what that. you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, look. Thank you uh, both for joining me today on Out the Lunch with Katie. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been physician Dee Dee Luke and Taylor Lyons Vaughn of the Worm Lady Recycles. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Dee Dee and Taylor by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe to that podcast on your podcast app and on our website, it's acadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard, Shayla Lang, and Destiny Traha. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis, and today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mater. I'm editor of the current Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet for stories deeper than the headlines. Head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.